We're back once again, everybody, with uh, another startling episode of the Two Half Squads, the one and only podcast dedicated to the greatest game in the world. That would be Advanced Squad Leader, I think. It would uh, be Advanced Squad Leader. Memory serves. And I'm Dave. And I'm Jeff. We are your hosts for this very entertaining program. This and every episode, we come to you selflessly... Sacrificially. Uh, sacrificially, yeah. So please feel free to buy one of our hats. We still have about 10 or 15 of those hats laying around, folks. Perfect. You could outfit your entire kids' softball team. <laughs> that would help us clear out the... That would the, be great. Clear out the... Uh, yeah. the um, Maybe we should sponsor a softball team. Would that be good? <laughs> that might be a good yeah. idea. Yeah, I think that would be a good yeah. idea. Did your kids play softball when they were... What would your girls Soccer. do? Soccer, yeah. yeah. Megan did the soccer. Yeah. Remember sitting up in the rain? Did you do that? Oh, God. We had sleet coming down on one yeah. of those things. Yep. They just keep making them play out there. Yep. And the games were, that, soccer was not too bad, but at the um, when the kids were in softball, it would get long. And they, they didn't have time limits on mm, the games. Mm-hmm. They play seven innings, and sometimes it would go like two hours. Because the kids, yeah. you know, couldn't even lift the softball, let alone throw it <laughs> and hit it and, and hit it and all that stuff. I mean, it was so long. I always thought these should be over in an hour and a half. Yeah, gotta be a way to kind of cut that down. Yeah, I've heard I've heard someone else complain about that too with the baseball kind of concepts. And I was always very practical because I would bring a book or a magazine or something. I would and all the other reading. parents would be out there, they're <laughs> cheering on their kids, and I'd be thinking. <laughs> I wouldn't even know. Like, is that my daughter, Kendra? I can't tell if that's that even her. I don't know. No, I was the guy who always, yeah, brought a copy of military history or something with me to read. Out really, there. and you just read it brazenly. Oh, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, I'd watch my kids weren't. Uh, they're not in there all the time. And yeah, right. You got some downtime and timeouts, and yeah, I'd be reading. Yeah, yeah. No, I I'm with you there. I mean, that was really I, the best part. Because I would get some reading done. Did I ever tell my soccer coaching experience on this show? Well, yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Nice try. (laughs) So Aaron signed up late for a soccer team. And then we got the email, there's no coach. One of you guys has to coach. So I thought, well, I have absolutely no sports experience with any of this stuff. (laughs) Plus you, the headphones came right off. (laughs) It's (laughs) <laughs> ah, thanks for your concern. <laughs> the headphones coming right off the head. I got too much hair. The headphones don't stay. Yeah, too it's much very hair. slickery. Um, you know, we could shave that head. We could. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that later, Dave. I just rewatched. What'd you and Dave do? Well, he shaved my head. <laughs> it's the kind of thing guys do. I just rewatched After Hours. You ever see that? The movie The Guy Can't Probably. Get Home? Can't, he can't get home from this date. Oh, All these yeah. horrible things keep happening. Yeah. Eventually, he's running around from a ice cream truck chasing him. <laughs> it's really, I still like it. It's still very good. A little slow starting, but, and he's got to get into the punk rock bar to talk to Kiki and Horse, these people. And he, <laughs> the guy won't let him in, of course, the body, you know, the bodyguard the, the, the bumper door the, guy. not the bouncer bumper, the bouncer the bumper the bumper <laughs> the bouncer and uh he finally 
the guy goes, you want to come in? All right, then. It's Mohawk night. You ain't got a Mohawk. He's like, yeah, Mohawk. Come on, I have to just I have to see these people. Please, please just let me in. And he goes, all right, come on in. And he grabs them and uh, takes them right to the shaving station <laughs> and goes, Mohawk this guy. Oh. <laughs> and he starts shaving his head. <laughs> and then he's running out of there, running down the street, ripping hair out of his Oh, my God. It's, it's, I love that film. But uh, the soccer thing, so we sign up late for the soccer team. So I say, okay, I'll coach. No experience whatsoever. And it ends up, well, all the kids who signed up late for the soccer were on the same team. Oh, so you know yeah. where this is going, right? These yeah. are all the kids who don't particularly maybe care that much or play soccer. Yeah. We were horrendous. Yeah. I couldn't believe this. I even had, they wouldn't even come to practice a lot. I couldn't, they'd be games. I, they wouldn't, I'd go out there to rest. I don't know the rules for all this. I'm in mean, totally lost. And they, well, I, it looks like I only got like six showing up. You know, what do we do? And they're like, well, go ahead and try and play or they'll take players out. Or I'm like, okay. Um, and I had one kid that would do cartwheels out on the field. You know, and get distracted by dandelions and stuff. It was kind of <laughs> cool, actually, in a way. Yeah. And That's we would beautiful. just get trounced week after week. And at first I would get mad about this. I'm like, well, then the old coach showed up, and he said uh, his son was on the team. So he was one good player. And then I, we had a couple of guys join late. Can I say they're race, or is that racist? No, I don't Hispa- think... Hispanic guys? Yeah, that's not racist. So Diego, big guy, he would try and kick the ball from the midfield kickoff mark and try and score on the on the kickoff because he could, he could kick that thing that far. And then his little, his younger brother, I think Diego may have lied about his age to get in there, I don't know, who was this really speedy little guy. and so Speedy? Yeah. Really? Now yeah. you're getting racist. <laughs> Was his name Gun- was the last name Gonzalez? Rive, <laughs> Rive. Oh, sorry. My apologies to everyone. And so we still couldn't win a game because you know everyone yeah. else. You can't have these few yeah. good players. These other teams were like, I'm like they're all good players. How do how do these guys run this? And they all are fanatic about it, you know. And this this other coach would be like, Yeah, keep scoring when they're eight to nothing. Oh. And he's cheering on his team and make leaving his starters in there. I'm just like, what the heck? So the old coach came, right? And he says, Dave, I, you know, how are you running these practices? And I said, well, we run around, we kick the ball. <laughs> I looked up some drills online that we're trying. Good man. And Do your says, research. He says, well, I'm the coach from last year of, this, of one of the teams. And I couldn't take some the parents, so I quit. I said, well, do you want to, like, Understandable. be my assistant coach? And he said, yeah. So I said, okay, I'll deal with the parents. You actually coach the team. So then there was a montage, right, with the, the music. The final <laughs> countdown. The kids are running, and they're getting really good. Is no. that what happened? No, oh. but, he, but it was much better. It was much better. Hmm. And, um, yeah, it was just amazing. We lost every single game. And... And then in one of those games, yeah, I, I said uh, the rule was if they get ahead too much, the enemy team enemy team yeah. has to take out a kid. And so I made him. I'm like, take a kid out. The coach is like, the refs, you, you know, you have the right to have a player taken out, so it's like you, you get five guys against four. I'm like, okay, take a kid out. Okay, now it's so bad you get five. You can have five against their three. I'm like, yeah, take another kid out. And this other coach who came in said, Steve, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm taking the kids out. 
You know, look at them. They're like pounding us and they're jumping around shouting like it's some great achievement. And so their kids can just sit if they want to do that. <laughs> and he's like, Dave, let the kids play. Just let them play. And I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. So I went out to the ref. Hey, tell them they can put all their kids in again. But it was just an experience. I couldn't believe how these, some of these dads are into this. And oh, yeah. Aaron had one coach. Man, he would just yell at his own kids so much. Yeah. And we're like, wow, that is horrendous. And, um, But, then, yeah. That's, that for a- that's a shame. <laughs> I, I don't know what I would do about that. Something like that. I, yeah, I like, never had that experience. Like, why wouldn't they add these kids onto the other teams? Why would you make a team of bad kids? I don't know. Insane. I think what happens is a lot of the teams, a lot of people are really into this. The parents really get into it, and they get their kids on the best possible team. And I don't know, what are they hoping for? Like a soccer scholarship to second grade? <laughs> I think so. I or bet something, some so you get free colored pencils Start planning that far out. Now, luckily, the next year, Aaron was on the same team with that coach, and they ended up having a pretty good team because he was in from the beginning when the, they were picking the players and all that. So he had a couple good years made up for this. But it was fun. Oh, and the nice moment was when the mom of the kid who would do the cartwheels came over. End of the season. And said, you know, Mr. Kleinsman, I just want to thank you. I think I think you were probably like the only coach that would have been good for my son. And you were good for him. So I want to thank you. <laughs> I was like, now that makes it all worthwhile. That that's a hallmark, be, a hallmark moment, if ever there was one. Be yelling at him, stop cartwheeling. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's kind of cool. <laughs> there goes the ball right by him. You never that's know. Amazing. You follow that kid. He might be doing cartwheels on, in the World <laughs> Cup. Kicking the ball with cartwheels. and I'm glad you survived that ordeal. I, I don't so think you have I no coaching have. experiences? No, no, no. I made myself invisible when those times came up. Yeah. Because I'm just not into it. No. Not into it. I'm a great guy in so many ways. (laughs) Yes, you are. I can't think of any of them, but a a lot of ways. Just not that. Sports, any kind of sports stuff. Just, you know what I was into? For sports, I was into tennis. Yeah. In high school and karate. Yeah. I did karate for three or four years. One of those kids. Got really good. Yeah. So I was a sissy, but I could kick your ass. Well, is it time for... Oh, I think it might be time for that that special time that we didn't do last time, but we're doing it this time. And it's called... Letters. Letters. Time for letters. Time for letters. And Jeff, do you have a letter there? I'm just enjoying this song. This is Typewriter Tip 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 by Kishore Kumar. It is Typewriter? Yeah. That's what he's saying there. Typewriter Tip Tip Tip. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. I hope I can read over this. Give it a shot. Okay. Here we go. I have a letter here that came in through our blogger contact form. Hello, Dave and Jeff. Keep up the great work, including great guest selections. One suggestion would be to interview one or more of the gentlemen who design for Friendly Fire. 
which has had some very nice scenarios over the years. Best regards, Jeff Myers. Did he send uh, email contacts? No, he didn't. All right, Friendly Fire Guys. How do we do that? Contact us. Contact us, Friendly Fire Guys. Yes. All right, Don't delay. put us in touch with them. I'm craving Indian food for some reason. <laughs> is that Indian? It is. All right, well, I have one from Grumble Jones. And this is a happy Halloween, guys. Dave, your Cthulhu mention for Pegasus Bridge reminded me of the folks at Devil Pig Games. They're creators of Heroes of Normandy and are taking pre-orders for Shadows Over Normandy, combining World War II with Cthulhu monsters. Wow, 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 wow. Do you say Cthulhu? Call of Cthulhu. It's the, um, you know... H.P. Lovecraft, Lovecraft stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll put up a link for Devil Pig Games. I have a letter here from Bill Cobble. Hi, guys. I hope this finds you in the holiday spirit. I guess he sent this to this. Uh, he sent this to us in December. Say, I wanted to get your take on an experiment or share your input on this. Might be a quick blurb in the show as well. When scenarios are being built for ASL. I got excuse me folks, could you uh could you hold it off hold off on that for a bit? Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't take it anymore. When scenarios are being built for ASL, do they play tests with both IFT and IIFT? If you don't know, has anyone done an experiment to see if using the IIFT breaks a scenario? To the point where you get different results because the table being used? I've been curious on this, but I've been an old supporter of the IFT because I figured that's what was official and it's been around for so long that every scenario is played against the IFT. I'm somewhat somewhat hesitant to adopt the IIFT for fear of breaking a scenario. Thoughts or experience on this? Um, the only thing I know about that is I think that they, uh, it does pin people more often. Yeah. But I have not heard anything about it actually breaking a scenario. Um, but I remember the earlier discussion was... Maybe if you're playing one where you have to move quickly and you're getting a lot of pin results more than normal, it, Possibly, it might yeah. affect it yeah. a little bit. It's the only thing I remember about that. But probably somebody has a lot more knowledge on that than we do, so let's hear from you. Yes, indeed, everyone. These letters are for all of us. I have a letter here from Tobias, Tobias Diesler, and he says, Hi, Dave and Jeff. I have a feeling you're not adverse to the bazaar. So... <laughs> So I'd like to point you to the anime show Girls und Panzer. Mm. It's set in some kind of parallel universe where fighting tank battles in World War II era tanks is considered a typical sport for high school girls. Now, I wouldn't mind coaching that team. That would be good. While the story itself is heartwarming but shallow, the tank battles are spectacular. And the shown tanks are well-researched and modeled in great details, right down to different gun sites for different tanks. Wow. The discussion between characters about gun ranges, penetration probabilities, and the fine distinctions between real tanks and assault guns and banter about historical context might sound familiar, too. Now, the battles are not realistic, but logical within the premise, and they show a few things that are also relevant to ASL, like going hull down, stopping to increase your chance of a hit, immobilization attempts, Soviet smoke, using 
using one of your own burning tanks as smoke cover. Mm-hmm. And most important of all, the power of friendship. And I watched some of these. Oh, did you? And they are really, really cool. Really? Yes. They are really cool. <laughs> he put in several links, one intro, one recruitment film, and one called Relevant to Hakapale. Wow. So maybe I'll link out the relevant... Yeah, because I haven't had a chance to look at those, so... It looks like an elephant. The Stug was a great tank that repelled the Russian onslaught in the Winter War. Apologize to the Finnish. How's that? Oh, it's very cute. Girls und Panzer. That sounds nice. Sounds like fun. Definitely fun. crazy and you know we'd like to thank john m for his kind donation to the show the purchase of a hat and that helps keep us going doesn't it jeff it does we like to kind we like the kind donations but we don't mind mean donations no even belligerent donations are fine that is absolutely correct crabby donations bitchy can i say that no, it's okay. a family show. Okay. Uh, and we also would like to mention the Ritterkrieg website where you're going to be ordering all your ASL goodies from now on, folks, at Ritterkrieg because not only do you get a nice low price for pre-orders, but you get free shipping. Wow. And that, go to Ritterkrieg, and we'll post the link again for that. And take a look at all their products, some of their own homemade stuff. Remember, they're the ones that did those great cards, OBA cards? Yep. And you can buy all your ASL products there from MMP, I believe. I think so, yes. So We are proud to have them as a sponsor, official sponsor. Official sponsor of the show. Yeah. So head right on over to RitterKrieg.com. Ritter Creed. It's a very short jingle. <laughs> I have an emailer from Todd Reed who writes and he said, perhaps you could interview Mike Reed about Forgotten War. Apparently he was one of the designers or helped in the design. I would be interested in his research, why they chose the scenarios they did, what's the outlook for historical ASLs, how do some of the new rules affect the game? Jets, helicopters, bayonet charges, etc. What are the module dependencies, etc., etc. I've recently started a business podcast, inspiredandintentional.com, and now understand more what work goes into behind the scenes on your show. So he's got two things there. So this um, Mike Reed, do you know Mike Reed? Have you said familiar? I know familiar? a different Mike Reed, not, hmm. not one, not the one he's referring to. Okay. Uh, Chris sent us an email pointing out a YouTube channel of a guy who does game, remember that, the gaming, like, college class or something? Oh, right, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to put the link up for that, although it comes up to a page that said George Phillies, and he's got other things he puts up here, like spring problems, how springs work, libertarian presidential debate, um... 
How springs work? How springs work. He's some kind of scientist, dude. But he does, if you just search through there, you'll find the ones on Game Design, hour-long shows. If you got the time for them, folks. Thanks, Chris, for that information. And we got a donation from Mark, who's also bought a hat, but included some extra money. Well, thank you, Mark. That is, again, very well appreciated. Yeah. And I have a note from Jeff Baker. He was basically, uh, says, uh, he asked about why the availability of the the MMP games, right? The basic squad leader stuff. Yeah, why it's so hard to get them. And and we've talked about that before on the air. Many times. Ad nauseum, I would say. And that very funny comedy bit we ought to relaunch from the Python. Oh, yes. Cheese shop. Yeah. I gotta dig that out. Yeah, I, I should. We should link all those just like in a spot on a on the web page. Yeah, but he's saying he received a note. He he wrote a, to MMP and he did receive a note back from Brian Yaus, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. We never hear from Brian Yaus, and <laughs> um, and basically he's saying, look, you know, the game is a select audience, and it puts us behind on producing other things, as as we all know. Yeah, and. You know, they got to do the whole printer thing, and, you know, so there's a lot of those questions. But, but yeah, I'm but sure they, they, are, don't, they don't just order 10 at a time. They probably order many. Yes. Well, they take pre-orders up into the thousands, yeah. right, when they run a, run a order. And it's a small company, and it's so, you know, that's where he's coming from. He saying there are many more ASL grogners than there are people waiting to dive into ASL 30 years after it was initially released. So it is a it's sad realization, sad reality. But we do have new players coming, right? We do. Sometime. And, you know, it does make it's me just, wonder now with the, with the 500, the pre-order thing. It seems to me that anything that's out of stock could be on pre-order. Correct. It? Yeah. And that well, way they would really know without risk. I guess they could. They could put everything on. Now they just put everything. it up when they're ready to roll with something. Yeah. Right? But why not leave it all on pre-order? Huh. I guess, yeah, that's a good thought. That's a good thought. I'm sure they've thought of it, and I'm sure they have a good reason, but we don't know what it is. Perry ain't telling us. And finally, we have a letter from T. Keller, who left a comment on our post, episode 103, Rally Round the Rising Sun. He says... I'm trying not to laugh out loud while passing through the canned fruit aisle. I'm grocery shopping this morning. When episode 102 ended and 103 kicked in with that flock of seagulls tune. Okay, the lady stocking shelves just asked me to move. <laughs> Roll low. It's just nice it's... to know that the comedy songs are appreciated. Yeah. So We I should had, do more. I had we'll to put that one in there. Thank you for writing. Thanks, everybody, for writing. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. And that wraps up, oh, letters, except we do have some audio letters. Oh, let's hear it. Are you ready for one? Yep. Here's our good friend, Alan Hume. Hey, guys. Alan from Edinburgh here. I just want to ask, do you guys have any idea when the new edition of Yanks is going to be released? It seems to be that it's going to be quite soon by all the information online. People are saying it's going to be ready for pre-order and blah, 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 but I just wondered if you guys knew anything official. Anyhow, thanks again for a great show. Cheers. I just like the blah, 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 blah yeah. part. Thanks, <laughs> Alan. As we just talked about, uh, actually, Yanks is, is out. Beyond Valor is out. I mean, Yanks is on the pre-order. Yes. The new version. So everybody get in there and get it pre-ordered. And Are you going to get another one? MMP. Yeah. 
You are. You, have you not learned that I'm, I buy everything, everything except for some third party? Remember, I was going to get out of third party. But, I mean, you already and have And became friends with some of the third party people. And Why would you buy a new Yanks? Because my counters are little and yucky looking. Oh, okay. You want to freshen. I do want freshen. to freshen. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. Okay. Here's one from Jackson Kwan. This is Jackson Kwan reporting in from the Asia-Pacific Fazal Turning, the Death Wish 777. We've actually reached the last round of our tournament, the last scenario being Ace Luck 21, the Witch's Cauldron. We started off with about 15 participants, now about to wrap up with 10. The TD of this tournament is Peter James Palmer. The best performer so far is Aaron Cleveland and Ivan Ken, and the worst performer is yours truly, Jackson Kwan. <laughs> After that, it is not easy losing all the way through playing as hard as I do. I imagine we'll be able to wrap up in a month or so. We'll perhaps report back in then. Thank you. Yeah, we'd love to hear uh, the final outcome on that, Jackson, and we'd always like hearing from you. And we're sorry for your loss. <laughs> Says. Jeff, Jeff can really, really relate. I can relate. And here's one from Dennis. He uh, was in our contests, and so he called in, but he also has some interesting things to say. Hey, Jeff, Dave, Dennis Donovan here. In your last episode, 147, you said I had a call in or something. You wanted to hear from me, so here I am. I am back from Aslock. Oh, my God. Got a doozy of a cold, so I'm still recovering, but, oh, it was so worth it. Man, it was like, I felt like the Bat Boy at the World Series game, we just finally got to meet all the people, put faces to the voices and all that stuff, but I'll do a write-up for the point blank. That'll come later, so just call and check in. Go Cubs! Go Cubs! Go Cubs! Go Cubs! So that's all I got for now, so I'm officially checked in. Talk to you guys soon. Keep up the good work. Oh, yeah. Keep the banter. Keep the box art review. I'm partial to those musical song parodies. That That's... <laughs> never anything to turn one's nose up at and go cubs talk to you guys soon bye of course dennis writes most of our musical parodies yes he does so Very credit, well. credit we want to give to dennis donovan keep keep them keep keep up the good work dennis and we'll try to make more of them and our last call in hello dave and jeff it's michael drosh messaging you from calgary first time caller long time listener in episode 153, you mentioned some confusion over what GIAOV stands for in my email to you. I'm sure you realized 30 seconds after signing off that it means Anvil of Victory, that the original squad leader came at. I do want to thank you for discussing my book on the air. It was very kind of you. You expressed some dismay at my acknowledgments page, and of course, I did neglect to mention you. I think it goes without saying the ASL community is indeed richer for your efforts and your successes, which we eagerly anticipate following each new episode. I certainly didn't mean to damn you with faint praise with the word efforts, I'm actually thrilled that you think my book is nice. All the best in 2016, and looking forward to many more episodes. Thank you, Michael. Got us there, Mike, I guess. Yes. Did, we, did we say nice? We said nice. <laughs> it's it a great nice. book. And it he, is he's really not, nice. He's not just, we're not just saying that. I, I yeah. love that scenario designer's yeah, handbook. It's really cool. <laughs> so, hey, and thanks for calling. Isn't it fun to have people actually call in? Yeah, I like that. Come uh, on, the rest yeah. of you guys. What are you doing out there? Yeah. Call us. Some of these people we've never actually met, and so hearing their voices after uh, corresponding with them is really nice. And hearing them pronounce their own last names correctly. Yes. Dorosh, not Dorosh. Dorosh, which I say a lot. I so. say Dorosh. Anyway. All right, that wraps up Letters.
Hey, everybody, guess what time it is? Guess what time it is? It's time for what, Jeff? It's time for what's in the box. And what's in the box today is... Thanks to our kind friend, Derek Ritter. Get right over to Ritter Creek, everyone. Get over there. ASL Action Pack 12, Oktoberfest 30. One new map and ten new scenarios. I don't like on the front this circular Japanese flag. Yeah, that it, just does not work It for looks me. like a mint. It's a peppermint mint. Yeah. Why is there a peppermint mint on the cover of the ASL Action Pack 12? Jeff, does this count as box art? Or is this just another I photograph? Don't know. Well, let's pretend like it's box art because we've, we've kind of had a shortage of box art. If anybody has any ideas on how we could come up with some more box art, maybe we should do other kinds of art. Hey, you think? wait, did we do all the box art? I think so. We're getting... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We need some new games. We do. Wait, Korea? Something. Well, the new yeah. Yanks? Yeah. 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 Well, Yanks will have the it's same It's coming, cover, folks. Don't you think? And this has the so it has a photograph I think just redone photograph yeah kind on of the just cover, done right? a negative I kind of thing think. and they do that I get it yeah can't hire an artist every time you come out with a product and this action pack twelve comes up with a front cover sheet one back cover sheet one eight by twenty two ASL map map board number seventy three and ten ASL scenarios AP one eleven to AP one twenty and it comes with. They didn't mention it. Uh, the blue the, sheet of paper. Often imitated, never duplicated. All my games on. I love to see the glow in your eyes. I love the blue sheet of paper. Dave has just handed to me some scenarios. And this action pack is um, in honor of the ass lock. And there's a nice little history of it here on the inside cover. Talking about Fish and Daryl, who we interviewed on this very show. How it got started out there in 1986. And how it moved to Mark Nixon in 1996, taking it over and developing mini tournaments and all those kind of cool things. And a salute, they did this pack to, to them all. And the girl Foz was Fish, who passed away also. Yeah. And it lists Mike McGrath having won eight titles, Steve Plava eight titles, and Gary Fortenberry four titles of the Grofas. Wow, 1986, Award. that was like 15 years ago. Yeah. And you have a scenario there, Jeff? I do. I have a scenario. How many scenarios are there in here? Did you tell me? Uh, we did. Okay. Was I paying attention? No, and neither was I. Ten. Okay. I've got uh, AP 111 here. The katanas come out at night. I know what a katana is. You do, yeah. Mm -hmm. Japanese, like, long-swordy thing. Yes, it is. And you know why we know that? Because there was a miniatures game called Katana. Oh, was there? was going to start doing a Japanese army's. Of samurai. Seems to never be. Got to it. I see it a lot in zombie type oh. games and stuff like that. Oh, there's one with what's one her name in Walking rec- Dead. Yeah, she's got one. Yeah. She does real nice with that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of beheadings. 
This takes place in 1938, July 31st, 1938, in Changfu Feng Hill, which is near Lake Kasan, Russia. And this is between the Soviets, Chinese, and Japanese governments had a long-running disagreement over the Korean-Soviet-Chinese border. The dispute was pushed to the brink when the Soviets occupied the heights of Zhao Zhaonyaya Hill, or Chang Chang Fu Feng Hill. Do you want to try reading Chang it? Chang Fu Feng Hill. Reading it in French? I yeah, I, I could, which overlooked the Korean port city of Rajin. Well, this is, is that very Korea? confusing. Is that Korea? No, Rajin. Korean War. What year is that? Nineteen thirty-eight. Oh, I just early. said no. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So you pay attention as well sorry. as I do. Um, okay, so this uses board 73 and 58. It's kind of an unusual configuration. Elements of the 32nd Rifle Division, Japanese. Not a lot of Japanese here. 14, 14 units. Oh, those are the Russians. 14 Russian units, some tanks, some mortars, trenches, foxholes. Oh, it might be interesting. And then the Japanese have a dozen units or so, four liters, mediums, lights, demolition charges. All woods are crag, all orchards are scrub. I always get confused when they do that. Ah, I don't. Yeah, you're amazing. Night rules are in effect. Okay, skipping. I'll play it. The Russians receive one module of 70 millimeter battalion mortar. Might be fun. If you can you do like your, this early war your, stuff. Your night rules. I, yeah, I like all of it. Yeah. I have Bats Out of Hell, AP 115, Peleliu Islands, Palau Islands, Peleliu. Don't have a lot of scenarios taking place there. So, of course, it's Marines and Japanese, small size, uh, tanks, 12, what? 12 types 95 Hago tanks. Do I even have 12 Hago tanks? Oh, use type 97Bs to represent the 95s. Extra ones. All Japanese entering on turn one enters riders and freely deployed. That? Now, that's going to be crazy fun. Uh, and all these are smaller sized scenarios, I think. Six and a half turns, seven turns or so, except one. And Americans got eight tanks, too, with the Marines. Bats out of hell. Looks good. Then I've got here First Ally, which takes place in Zabrzeż, Poland, September 5th, 1939. Polish, let's see, the Poles win at game end by controlling all the multi-hex buildings. The Pole against the Slavs, the Slovakians. Yeah, huh. That's I haven't seen many of these. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a big board set, but it's three boards, even though it's only nine Polish units against 13 Slovakian units. All Polish are elite and first... Oh. Polish elite and first-line squads have assault fire capability. Well, this is interesting. I've never played the Poles and the Slavs. I think I did in the original... Par- I'm sure you did. Partisan games. There were oh, some of yeah. those, I think. Oh, they are, I kind of do remember seeing I that. have 116 Mook Point by Pete Schelling. That last one I had was by Bill Sizzler. And this one's in Mook Holland, 1944. American, German. Looks like a pretty standard fare. But it does take place on board 7B 
and 2A. Those are those odd ones. Have you played on any of those yet? You know, no, I, I haven't. I have not got to that action no. pack even. I am so far behind on my action packs. All woods are pine woods. It's a little more open kind of woods. And that's Mook Point. I've got Maintaining the Box. We're just kind of all over the place here. This takes place in Burma, February 15, 1944. British forces set up first. Japanese move first. There's a tiny little, kind of a big map again. It's uh, board 52, 73, and 34 with a couple of overlays, not layovers. Ah. And not not very big as far as, uh, not very dense as far as squads go. The OB is maybe a dozen units on each side. Nothing too unusual here. All rice patties are drained, thank goodness. <laughs> so just a nice uh, British-Japanese scenario. I have Second City, 117 by Pete Schelling again. Uh, Russians and Hungarians. Access with German and Hungarians together with the Hungarian tanks. The Russians have some Sherman Lend-Lease and, and SU-76s. There's some special rules with blocks. Our areas bordered by roads or board edges defined as follows. And there's like eight different blocks. The Russians win by controlling five of these areas. And this is in Hungary, 1944, of course, near the war's end with an interesting rule. At the start of Axis turn rally phase, the Axis player secretly draws two chits from a four-chit pool of concealment counters. And A, you get a broken turret. B, a bad drivetrain on your Panzer fives. And bad gun sight it could be, or a bad gun. So I guess you wouldn't know what's going to happen to those vehicles. And, uh, I don't know the historical context for that, but that looks fun and looks like that would make it quite different. And you get to use your Hungarian counters. Board 68. This looks a little nutty. A lion in the field. This is a Bill Sisler scenario. It takes place in Gavras, France, June 29th, 1944. British against the German. Now, again, this is one, these are kind of big board layouts on all of these. There's yeah. three boards 42, 53, and 40 with a couple of overlays. Uses all of those three boards, even though the the counter density is very low. There's just nine British squads, four crew to man the two AT guns and the what else are they manning here? Four crews. They've got two AT guns, and I guess you can have them do whatever the other two do, whatever they want. I guess you put them on the heavies, and then. The Germans come on with 13 squads. This seems pretty weighted toward the Germans. The Germans have more squads. They've got 13 squads. They've got six tanks. Against a couple of AT guns? Yeah. Panzer three. I can't quite read that. It's Panzer three or Panzer four. The British do have the advantage. They get one module of 70 millimeter battalion mortar. So that'll help. Helpful. They can be... They can put a couple of uh, crews hip. Oh, I see. The two extra crews are for the Piats, and it says that oh. the British may use hip for the two crews, provided they each possess only a Piat. 
Well, that gives them some advantage, I guess. But two Piats against six German tanks. Yeah, small tank hunters there. That's... But you got your AT guns if everybody gets one kill. Yeah. And the OBA might be able to mm -hmm. immobilize them or something. And I have a Konev Cross, nice one. Bill Hayward, uh, Berlin, 1945, Jeff. We're reading Berlin. Oh, yeah, we're... End of it. And it's nice and dense. It's got board 45. And look at that, part of 20 and part of 51 oh, along the sides. That's very unusual. And uh, the Russians win upon amassing 45 victory points. They're going to be exiting and uh, the North Edge, in addition, buildings captured for points. So they want to grab some buildings and keep pushing to the heart of Berlin. Of course, Panzerfaust, roadblocks, trenches, wire all over, AA guns, the 88s, the 20Ls, uh, all in the city here. They had a lot of those guns still up for flak for the shooting down airplanes. Choice of groups to select as a German defender. The usual in 1945 mix of conscript, first line, second line, and so on, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the Russian assaulting, you get your big tanks, your 122s on your Joseph Stalin tanks, and again, the SUs. Huge flamethrowers, DCs, 10 neg 2 liters, both sides, and special rules, a ton of them. Fortified buildings, dummy counters, German elite have an ELR-5. Others have an ELR-2. So you get that great SS fanaticism mixed with that conscript, I don't care about the war anymore, idea. And then the German makes a secret die roll to add it to the group. Um, there's friendly fire as a special rule. Prior to Russian setup, the German secretly records a hex and a turn for random FFE. Oh, that could be fun. Dysfunctional Russian planes rule. All aircraft make a mistake in attack on a sighting test, test check greater than 10, so there's aircraft in oh, here. Oh, cool. Friendly bombardment. After Russian setup, the German player may select one board to undergo a Russian bombardment. Yeah, remember that in the book? I don't know if you got that far. There, there was some bombing of their own men, and oh, yeah. uh, Russian army groups were trying to get there so fast. They were getting mixed up, and... I'm sure that happened a lot. And the air support, 44 fighter bombers. Wow, now that looks like a lot of fun. No quarter, of course, in effect. Um, Konev Cross. Then I've got Kingston of the Hill. And hold on to your hat, Dave. This takes place in April of 1951 in Korea. Ah, North, North Korea. That's the one I thought I heard about. Yep. This uses boards uh, 25, 18, and 26, and obviously the Americans setting up against the North Koreans. And uh, it's not, uh, there's no armor on this. It's just infantry. Got about a dozen units on each side. Night rules are in effect. North Koreans win at game end by having more than one. One or more, I should say. Good order, multi-man counters on board 25 at greater than or equal to level 3 in hexes numbered less than or equal to 7. Well, that's already, that's too confusing. I don't know. This might be interesting to play. I've never played a Korean. Have there, have there been any, any other Korean scenarios, official Korean scenarios? 
Um, not that I have in my possession. I don't believe. No, maybe there was one. Yeah, I do not know. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if I'd play this. I mean, that I'm sure people would like it. There's a lot of special rules. Get all of your special rules out. Like I said, it's night rules with scattered clouds and a full moon. I mean, that's just one mm. line. There's a lot of special rules in here. <laughs> I'll just skip right over those. It's a, the bigger one in the group, yeah. though. Nine turns. I like partisans. I have 118. Why is this war? Aachen, Germany, 44. Pretty simple little German-American thing with uh, less than 10 units per side. Well, almost. No, like two special rules, Jeff. Like you can handle ah, that's that one. better. I can handle that. That's that's a good one to play on a passel night on a yeah. weeknight. Wise as war. Did we cover them all? We did. All right. What a collection! Oh, here's the back page of the whole thing. Continuing the winners of the Grofas, Bendis, two titles, and then Wolzen, Nixon, Baliki, Tokars, Summers, Comins, Cleveland, and J.R. Tracy, all with one each. And board. What's on the board? Ah, board. Forgot about the board. Board 73. <gasps> Lots of orchard. Oh, my gosh. It's 90% orchard with a road running through it. It is. Obviously. Orchard crazy. It's orchard crazy. There's probably 20 hexes that do not have orchard. And there's some grain in there, a couple little ponds, some... Small uh, woods. Yeah, a little bit of woods here and there, but mostly orchard. All right, and that is Action Pack 12. 73 is a good board. Celebrating Aslock 30. Hey, Half Squads. Uh, this is Pierce Ostrander, and uh, I'm out in Albuquerque now. A couple episodes ago, you had somebody call in who's out here. Um, maybe I'll send you my email address, and you can pass it on to him and maybe send it back to me. Anyway, um, I wanted to tell you guys about the uh SoCal ASL tournament. It's the 19th year in a row this is run, and uh, it's uh, the West Coast Melee 19, and uh, it's a pretty cool tournament. Typically, it draws in the high 40s to the low 50s in terms of number of people. Um, it's uh, got uh, three mini events that go on, three mini tournaments that run each day on Friday and Saturday. Yes, that's six tournaments. Um, imagine there are three rounders, probably eight persons per per uh, mini. Anyway, they play off on Friday, and then the winner of each of those minis plus the other five players with the best record advance to Saturday and play in the uh, Grofaz competition on Saturday, which is another three-round affair, um, just eight players, single elimination. And also Saturday there are three more tournaments for those who didn't make the Grofaz uh, to get another chance to uh, earn a win place or show. So there's actually seven tournaments over two days, Friday and Saturday. Uh, the convention itself starts Thursday at 10 a.m., so you can get there and play itself for a day before the festivities start. And uh, I think the ballroom is also open on Sunday. So it looks like a pretty good time. Um, I'm looking forward to heading over to Southern California and checking it out. Um, you can easily find the uh, website for the SoCal ASL Club and their flyer for the Melee is there. It's a four-page thing. goes on and on. Anyway, looks like a great time. If you guys have a chance to tweet this or uh, put it on your show, uh, that'd be great. We'll roll low and rally well and uh, keep on listening, which I will do. Ta-ta. Hello, boys and girls. It's terrain time.
And you know what that sound means. That previous song means it's train time. Yes. Jeff. And kind of quiz show. Let's get to kinda it. Sort of. Yep. Are you ready? Ready. Do you have your dinger ready? Got your dinger, dinger, winger. All right, Jeff. Long time ago, you may remember we were doing buildings. Yes. We're still finishing buildings. Wow. I know. So much stuff to cover. This is rule 23.25 from the building section. Adjacent. All capital letters. In a building, you must be adjacent on the same level of vertically connected uh, building hexes uh, levels by a stairwell. One level apart would count as adjacent. If not adjacent, then no line of sight exception an L-shaped building would exist inside the buildings. Yeah. Yeah. If you have that L-shaped building, you can see out the window to the other window of the same building. Uh, what is the mo- terrain effect modifier, Jeffrey, for a building that is gray? Three. Did you ding in? And what is the TEM of a building that is brown? Two. Correct. And what is the TM of a building that is pink? Well, that's just not right. That is correct. Trick question. Very good. They have them in Florida. It's kind of a Florida look. (laughs) Really easy to shoot through. Yeah, it's like plus zero. The flamingo. Does the train effect modifier apply versus bypass? Huh? Does the TM of a building apply to you when you're bypassing. No. That is correct. Rule 23. I think you're ready you're to go. you're not in the building. That is correct. Yeah. Was that too simple? Are you shocked at the yeah. simplicity of that question? <clears throat> Let's hide out here. Let's hide outside here. <laughs> you, no, you can't. That wouldn't work. It sounds like you're ready yeah. for rule yeah. 23.32. Bring it on. What happened to the other ones? I don't know. Indirect fire. Did you know that it affects all levels of a building? First ground floor, first floor, second floor, with the same die roll? Yes, I knew that. I, like, always forget that. You want to roll them separately? Or do you, or do you just think it. it's I only just, one it's ground level. floor or something? Yeah. I don't oh, know. I got you. I don't think it happens a whole... But anyway. And you add a plus one to the TEM for each level above that level. So if it's the ground oh, floor yes. and there's okay. a first floor above it, and you had a plus one to the TEM on that indirect fire. An interior roof top. Oh, exceptions. Interior building hexes. Yeah. And rooftops. Yeah. Because, of course, you don't get... Because it's just the top. You're at the roof. Yeah. And, yeah, the interior building hexes because they don't have windows. Right. Yeah, so the... And what are the movement factors to move through a building? How many? Two. That is correct. How many to go up a level? One. That is correct. Vehicles use bypass, factory, stairwell, or cellar rubble risk. Vehicles. I think you should oh, get stairway can, rate, though. If you're you going can, up two levels... You can go up a factory stairwell with a vehicle, I think. What? Yeah, I think you can. 
I, vehicles, they can use bypass. They can go up a factory stairwell. And they got a, but they got a seller rubble risk. That can't be. I, I, what kind of vehicle? Maybe not. Tanks. You're welcome. But what kind of vehicle? <laughs> it just says vehicles. That, that's. Ah, double check it, okay. folks. Twenty three point thirty two. We always like to throw in a couple of zingers to see if anybody's if, still awake. If I wrote it here, I th- I'm thinking. Although, uh, must yeah, be true. Dave wrote it down on uh, his yeah, little. I think I took these notes like six months ago. Yeah. Uh, what types of vehicles can enter the building? Oh, start with that then. Well, tracked AFVs. Uh, AFE with no riders. Yeah. A buttoned up closed topped vehicle. Better be. Mm-hmm. And exception, a marketplace. And exception, the factory stairwell. There it is again. Wow. Movement point costs. Hey, there's for... a tank coming up the stairwell. <laughs> what? <laughs> The what's the movement point cost? Yeah, uh, for what? I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, then six. Oh, to enter the building. Oh. Uh, to enter the building, uh, half the movement. Correct. Yeah. How do you know all this stuff? I remember doing it a couple of times. Half, and it's a quarter if you're plus a quarter if you're overrunning dudes in the building. Oh, plus another quarter if you're overrunning. The okay. normal overrun. Yeah. Now, then, then you that would mean then you have a bog check. Yeah. And it's. Do you know what the plus is for the bog check? Uh no. I Wooden don't. building plus three, stone plus four. Okay. And you'd have a less than equal to zero on the color die roll when you roll that bog check. That would mean. Rubble is falling. You hmm. just destroyed the building with your entering it and on the bog check. And there's a neg one to that for a wooden building and a neg one for a single story building. Much easier to crush those buildings into rubble. Does that rubble single story house affect the occupants of the house? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, I would think so. It says no. Oh. Okay. Tank comes through the wall. Don't you get to kill everybody when you rubble a house? I Yeah, I, thought, I think it's no. I think yeah. it's no. Um, but upper levels do falling rubble. Upper levels okay. yeah. do. Oh, upper upper levels do falling rubble. An original die roll of a six on your tank bog check would mean what happens to your tank? I don't know. You got to turn it in. You fall into the cellar. Oh, it's a six? Really? Six. Original six on the bog check die roll. And you remove the tank. Now, these are for oh, the yeah. regular okay. buildings, six. not yeah. like the cellar, like the historical game cellars. Yeah. And then you just remove the tank. You don't mess around with it being in on there anymore. The crew, what happens to the crew? Dead. No, bizarrely or no, interestingly, yeah, they're, they're placed at ground level in the building. Oh, really? I guess they, they just, just climb, climb out. out. Yeah. Okay. Probably. Uh, does falling in a cellar affect manholes in that hex? Yes. The answer is no. Why do you keep asking me these then? Because ah, you're the only one here in the room. Okay. 
We need to have some more guests on. Um, does it affect sewers? No. No. Does it affect units in there? No. No. They just make it simple that they way. Just, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> they just watch it fall through and they're fine. They're fine. <laughs> Rule, I guess you jump out of the way. Rule 23.421. Upper level counters. Yeah. There's a gray colored one. Yeah. What level are you on on the gray? One. Correct. On the yellow. Two. No. Yeah, Correct. Two. On the red. Three. On the pink. There's no pink. And that's correct. Yeah. Only Except for Florida. the pink houses. Yeah. May a unit advance to a new hex and up the stairs no. to call. No. You are correct. No. Try it. Yeah. I got to make this harder. I think you used to do that to me, though, because I didn't know the rule at that time. I did not. I always knew you could not go sideways and up. Yeah. No way. Now, guns. I like guns. I wrote explain. Oh, I wrote that by the upper level counters. They just mark where, which level in the building you're on. So you place them on a upper level counter. Um, the guns. May guns occupy upper levels? Um, yes. Certain guns. Yes. I, I wrote no, but then I have an exception by it, which makes the no a lie. So it is a yes. Yeah. When the exception would be... Guns with an asterisk on their... No. Infantry guns. No. It has guns to be... smaller than... Uh, no. You're not going to... Okay, wait. Uh, I'm not going to get it? I don't think so. <laughs> you have no faith. Not on oh, the, tra- not on the track you're on now. Uh, well, a certain type of gun. AA guns. AB guns, AC guns, AC guns. The smaller guns. ones, the littler ones. Mortars. Oh, mortars. And okay. fortified buildings, remember? Mortars. Mortars. You can't shoot out of a building, so I don't know what you'd be doing up yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know what you'd do. But, and fortified buildings. So if you fortify the lower level, you yeah. can go up, and then oh, okay. up in each level has to be fortified. Okay. And what types of 5 eighths inch counters, then, can be pushed or set up in a ground level? Because those were about upper... Now, ground-level buildings, this is where you were on the right track. Uh, it's not all of them? Not any gun? No. No, no. I always want to memorize this, but I always have to look it up. Well, it depends on size of the gun? Yes, it does. Small, okay. all small guns, or anti-tank or infantry guns. Now, okay. I'm trying to memorize this. So, logically, it would be the guns that can shoot at tanks and men... You wouldn't yeah. put an AA gun in there. You wouldn't put right. a mortar in there. Right. But all small guns, in okay. spite of that, having said that, or anti-tank and infantry gun that is not large. Okay. So. Okay. I'm just going to write that down somewhere on my hand. Uh, may a mortar or a machine gun or a gun fire versus aerial targets from a non-rooftop building? No. That is correct. Scaling. You ready for this? Yeah. It's like psoriasis. <laughs> it's itchy, burning. Who who can scale? A building. Uh scalers. <laughs> Let me think. Climbers. Starts with Alpine. a C. Alpine. And they wear 
Green Berets. Commandos. Correct. And do your own SSR. Okay. Uh, use cl- climbing rules. Place the climbing counter on the vertex of the hex. Mm-hmm. You ever done climbing? Yes. <laughs> or no building depiction touching it. I, like I don't it. know what the heck I meant, so I'm just going to skip that. I like to ask, even though I know the answer is yes. <laughs> use, yes to everything. Use climbing rules. What the heck? I think we even went over oh, the climbing rules. Oh, you use rules climbing once. rules when you're scaling. Yeah. But there's no falling. That's what it says here. Oh, and I that's the difference between climbing and I, scaling. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, what fortifications can be used in a building? Um, Hint, you had some in your game you just talked about yeah, on last show. What we've been playing lately. Uh, minefields. Minefields. And... I don't know what else. Fortifications. Oh, when you, forti- when you fortify the building. When you yeah. fortify the building. Okay. Yeah. 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 And that's it. That's all I got here. Yeah. I always get confused about that because I don't consider a minefield uh, a fortification. fortification no. But I, I'm sure there's a reason why they do it. I need to look at that. So yeah. I remember that. And rule 23.6. Flame kindles a wooden building on what number? So, you know, flame, fire spreading. Uh, I, don't, flame I don't know, in. because so many times they say <laughs> kindling is N-A. Yes. And that would be so, greater than or equal to 7. Okay. And a it would spread on a greater than or equal to 8. Yeah. The stone would kindle, the stone kindle number greater than or equal to 8, and then spreading on greater than or equal to 9. A blaze on all levels of a hex, then you could use a burning building counter to just mark it with a burning building counter. Did you know there were burning building I counters? I did not know that. Yeah. I don't know if they were just in the original SL stuff. Hmm. And you're supposed to still have them or if they reissued them. But yeah, so once all three levels are burning or two, just put the burning building counter on it and get all the level markers. Because otherwise you put the fire on the level marker to yeah. show which... It gets pretty dense. It gets pretty dense. Then you got your uh, row houses. Oh, they were from Paratrooper. I put a note on that. Oh, okay. Well, then from I must have them somewhere. I probably do have yeah. them somewhere. 23.71, row houses. Use the same height rules, but it has what going through the middle of the building? Walls. Black bars yep. on the board that represent the walls. Does this block all line of sight at all levels? Yes. Yes, it does. Think firewall. We had a condo and yeah. had a firewall between the two units. Mm-hmm. Uh, the exception to that, what the, level would uh, not? Attics. Close. Higher up. Rooftops. Yes, the rooftops. <laughs> Attics. What are you thinking? Like people with syringes Well, why am I thinking this? In, why am I thinking that you could get to housing? the top and you could go through? <laughs> Through the attics. Oh, I think I'm thinking of actual row houses during <laughs> and the you war. Can go through the attic. You could go up into the attic and you'd get through to the other ones. I, oh. I, was, I saw it in a war movie. Maybe it may, it may have been The Pianist or something like that. Oh, I but saw they I would actually, that one. Or maybe it was the kids in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, it could be that too. Uh, yeah, it's all uh, just a blur. <laughs> How do you rubble the black bar? That wall. Uh, DC. Uh-huh. And we'll you, do it. you rubble both hexes. Oh, I'm sorry. 
if you, and if you rubble both hexes, then the wall is gone. Too. Okay. Uh, you move, route, advance, withdraw, only on the roof or the ground, normally, not the attic, in a row house. <laughs> okay. If at ground level, you select the side to bypass, right? Yeah. And it costs how many movement factors to bypass from one hex of a row house to another around the black bar? Three. That's correct. One to bypass and two to enter the building. Yes. Now in bypass, we're using quotation marks for that, uh, you take OBA, residual fire, and you can be shot at in the open out yeah. there. Right? You draw a line to the vertex. Do mines affect bypassers? Uh, I'm going to say, I think yes. Yes is correct. Yeah. Because you do walk outside, and that's where the mines are. And yeah. That is correct. May you form a fire groups from different hexes from a row house? No. That is also correct. You are, like, graduated to master ASLR. <sighs> <clears throat> if pinned or broken in bypass, which hex do you go to? Oh, very good question, Grasshopper. Can you repeat the question, please, yes. Grasshopper? <laughs> When you're broken in bypass, yeah. you can't stay on the vertex outdoors. Right. Which hex do we place the, I was going to say character, well, the unit in, in. In the building. Which hex? It's a, the, you're, you're going from one. Well, the one you came out of. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Now, we're not cheating at all like we usually do when yeah. I <laughs> nod my head at you to give you. <laughs> <coughs> Each hex is a separate building for route purposes and for mop-up in a row house. Yeah. But not for building control. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And good. 23.711. Breach. This is with your DC, as you said already. Right. Unpinned good order infantry with a DC. Place it. Costs one movement factor, and then you resolve it at the norm with a normal terrain effect modifier. If you get a normal morale check or better, that means you breach the wall. And do you know what happens to people on the other side of the wall? Uh, they say peekaboo. They <laughs> shout peekaboo. The <laughs> they get a half firepower attack. Oh, they do. Yeah, with I, full that's TEM. Never hap- I've never had that happen. That's because you and I played that. British mega game. Yeah. Remember? Yep. Pegasus Bridge mega game? Yeah. And if you we were if you were playing the Stalingrad ones with us, we would be oh, okay. blowing those there's some of those walls inside some of those factories on the historical Oh, course. okay. Yeah. And we were we were doing that. Uh twenty three point seven. Oh, breach we just did. Oh uh, how else can you create a breach? Hmm. How else can you create a breach? I don't know. Drive a tank through it. I guess that would do it. <laughs> but wouldn't that? You can do your normal. You really, you can drive a tank and all through. that. Oh. Yeah, right through the right through the wall. wall. Drive a tank through it. Okay. Twenty-three point seven two. Split level buildings. Uh, I just wrote C diagrams. Twenty-three point seven three. It's too complicated to describe. Oh, dashed white lines on a two-level building 
I think there's only one of these in the whole world of ASL. Maybe two. What does that represent? Addicts. <laughs> Stop thinking about those poor drug people in <laughs> Chicago. This is the um, marketplace. It's an open, oh, the marketplace, lower yeah. level building. Yeah, they don't use that a lot, do they? No. It has a line of sight through it. Now, there is an inherent staircase in that hex. Mm-hmm. And using it is considered open ground when you're okay. going up the yeah. staircase. It's one of those this. exterior staircases. Yeah. yeah. And this line of sight exists from level 1 to level 0 in hex 12R7. That's the marketplace. <laughs> 12R7. Otherwise, the upper levels block line of sight, of course, from higher levels. Now, factories and rooftops were in Red Barricade's Rules episode. So if you want to learn more about factories and rooftops, go back to the Red Barricade's episodes that we had done before. Which gets us to our last rule, 23.9, Fortified Buildings. Or did I finish the? I don't even know if I finished buildings here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, yeah. You got it? <laughs> I, got, I got our Board 12 here, uh, Marketplace. Yep. There it is. Well, I don't think they use board 12 a lot. Now that I'm looking yeah, at it. Yeah, really. I have played that marketplace. I, I have shot too. through it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, not a whole lot on that one. Scenario designers use board 12 more often. And don't put in a special rule saying the marketplace does not exist. Yeah. Rule 23.9, last of the night. Fortified buildings, number is specified by a special scenario rule. Oh, how many you get, that number is specified. If it's a do-your-own, if not specified, you record hexes before the play secretly. Which ones are fortified, as you well know? How do you discover a enemy's fortified location? Well, assuming you you can try to walk into it. To try to enter it, and if there is a unit in there, you'll be pushed out. If it's a full squad, yes, because I lost a game with that. I had a half squad in there, and I thought oh. it would knock them back, and it did not knock them back. It's got to be a full squad? Be a full oh, squad. clever. That's mm-hmm. sneaky. Yeah, I didn't know that. You could also search. Yes. Or, when you shoot at it, Yeah. if the player it, uses the extra plus. Right makes a difference then you can see it can you fortify upper levels yes but what has to happen first? the first level has to be fortified correct first, i think and what is the tem of a fortified location it's plus an extra one on the building that is correct sir so a two like a wooden building would it would be a three and Stone what prevents infantry from entering the, oh we did that Unpinned, good order, enemy squad, or equivalent. Okay. Specifically, so you could have two half squads. All right. Berserkers keep attacking it until they can enter it. Mm, Okay. All those crazy guys out there in the street. Yeah. Just keep bouncing off it. And the entrance attempt equals ending the move in that hex. I guess for... Yeah, when you try and enter it, you can't get in. You just end your move in that hex. And loss of concealment would apply to the attempt to enter it, I guess, is what I'm writing. I don't oh, know. Okay. But that's where I left off here. Okay. 23.9 fortified buildings. 
There we go. And that, I don't know if that finishes buildings or not. We'll find, find out. out when You'll I go home. You'll have to stay tuned, to folks, for a future episode to Hopefully. see if there's more building Hopefully. bonanzas. And that wraps up episode 155. Fumpty Fump. Yes. Ein Fumpty Fump. Ein Fumpty Fump. And it was a good one. A great one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. And we'll see you again next time on the Two Half Squads. Yeah. Just remember to roll low. Oh, yeah. And um, what's that other thing I keep thinking about that people should be doing? Oh, yes. Rally well. But well, not, not when you're, when you're playing, playing us. us. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. What's so great about Kalamazoo? He's got, a, he's got a gal there, I guess. I wonder if she's still there. She's like 95. Would she be drinking all that leaded water in Kalamazoo, Michigan? Yeah. Is it leaded? Or is it unleaded? Yeah, you haven't heard about that at Flint? No. Oh, yeah. Leaded water? Yeah. But that's too sad to talk about now. Yeah. So, which guns could be in a building? Uh, <laughs> mortars. I memorize it. And okay. upper levels, yeah. on the ground level. Small. Or, or AT guns or a, a, uh, AT guns or infantry guns. That are not large. That are not large, right. Yes, we have it memorized. We rock.